Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're just a little uh, less delayed than we were last week. After the IU game and uh, IU post-game show. So we're getting started. Uh, we have two hours of stuff to talk about that we'll try to fit into an hour and a half. But, uh, hey, always love a challenge. I uh, want to get into a new bill that is being floated around here in Indiana. And it's not time to actually file bills in the Indiana General Assembly for the 2024 uh, session quite yet. But... Uh, folks uh, who are in the General Assembly, senators and, and representatives, are preparing their bills in order to file those when the time comes up. And the legislative session starts always with what's called Organization Day, uh, where they look at committee memberships and do some other things just completely consistent with what the name says. And not long after that, then uh, senators and representatives can start filing bills. One bill we know is we know is going to be filed, uh, was talked about just yesterday on Fox 59. And in fact, Fox 59 uh, called me up and wanted to talk to me about it as well. And it's a bill that we, we always knew uh, was coming because what it would do is it would allow the ordinance that was already passed here in Marion County in Indianapolis on gun control. It would allow that ordinance to go into effect. So let's back up. Let's talk about what ordinance we're talking about. And and then why does state law need to be changed in order for an Indianapolis ordinance to go into effect? Because if you're hearing these issues for the first time, that might, might not make a lot of sense to you. Well, initially, what the ordinance is, it's an ordinance passed by the Indianapolis Marion County County, uh, Marion County City County Council on gun control. And what it says is that in Marion County, they're banning so-called assault weapons. So semi-automatic rifles with detachable magazines and any other firearm that falls within their uh, very broad and ambiguous definition of whatever the hell they say is an assault weapon. Also, they're saying they're going to raise the age to purchase any firearm in Marion County to 21. Well, how's that work now? Well, you already have to be 21 to buy a handgun in a gun store. That's under federal law. So there's nothing Indiana or Marion County or the city of Indianapolis can do to fit, to change that. But under federal law, you already have to be 21 to buy a handgun, but you can be 18 and buy a rifle or a shotgun. And this Marion County ordinance would change that to say no, to even buy a rifle or a shotgun, you have to be 21. It would also repeal constitutional carry or permitless carry in Marion County. So in 2021, effective July 1st, I was a big part of this. You heard me talk about this here on the Gun Guy Show a lot. You heard me talk about it for damn near 10 years because that's how long we've been fighting for it. We finally got permitless carry passed for the state of Indiana including, obviously, Marion County. Well, under this ordinance, they will roll back constitutional carry and say, oh, no, even if you're a law-abiding citizen who can lawfully possess firearm, you have to have a license issued by the Indiana State Police to carry a handgun in Marion County. And then what the ordinance also does is it says that they're, they're forbidding, they're banning all concealed carry of firearms completely. In Marion County. And and that none of that ever made sense to me. When I read the ordinance, and I went down, and I testified against it in, in the committee hearing down at the city county council. And, and and the ordinance never made any sense to me because, like, okay, hold on. It says 
to carry a handgun at all, you have to have a license. All right. So they're repealing constitutional carry, and then they're doing away with all concealed carry of firearms. So I guess what that would mean is, if anybody's thinking this through, you can carry a handgun with a license, but it has to be openly carried. So is that what Joe Hogs it? Because this was all his proposal that the city county council adopted through the form of an ordinance. Is that what they want? They want, okay, there, there are a million people in, this, in the state of Indiana that have a handgun license. Probably more than that now. That was the number last year. And even with permitless carry, a lot of people are still applying for their license for a lot of different reasons. So a million people have a handgun license. I got to believe a, a big chunk of those are right here in Mary County where I am now. So, all right, so we got a whole bunch of people, including me, for instance, sitting here in Mary County. I've got a handgun license. I'm carrying a handgun. So they want me to not conceal my gun. They want me walking around downtown Indianapolis with my gun openly carried. I mean, I, I have no problem with open carry. It's legal in Indiana now under constitutional carry. Or, or, or with a handgun license, as it's been for decades, for generations. If you choose to open carry, so be it. I personally prefer to conceal carry. I don't think people need to know I'm carrying a gun. So I, I guess Joe Hogsett and the city county council would prefer that I know only open carry my gun with an Indiana handgun license. But it says also right there in the ordinance, in addition to those four provisions, it also says that none of this can take effect until the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, that's a state statute, until the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act is repealed or amended so as to allow that ordinance to go into effect. Why do they have to have that provision in this statute? Well, because the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act that's been on the books since 2011 says that local governments, what they call political subdivisions, so you have the state of Indiana and then it's divided up into all these other units of local governments. You have counties and cities and, and, and towns and townships and, and, and airport authorities and any number of other uh, governmental units that subdivide the state. None of those local governments, those local political governmental units, can regulate firearms, absent certain very limited exceptions. Like, for instance, the Colts came in and said, well, we don't really want guns at Colts games. So there's an exception to say if a private organizer or promoter of an event leases property from a local government, like the city of Indianapolis, where they, like they lease now, Lucas Oil Stadium. At the time, it was the RCA Dome. If they lease property from a local government, that private organizer or promoter of an event can ban firearms there. Okay. But absent these very limited exceptions like that one, and another one, just give you another example, the local governments can forbid, ban, prohibit firearms in buildings that contain a courtroom. Okay. But outside of these very limited exceptions, local governments simply can't regulate firearms, including the possession and carrying of firearms, including commerce in, which involves the sale of or buying of firearms or ammunition or firearms accessories. So all these provisions in this ordinance that have already been passed by the city county council, the reason they had to put the provision in it that says these can't take effect unless and until the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act is repealed or amended so as to allow it to go into effect is because all the things the city of Indianapolis wants to do, they can't do. And if that would go into effect today, I would be the first lawyer to go sue them. And why would I do that? Well, because the act also says that if they pass a local regulation that violates the act, they can be sued, and, and, and the plaintiff can collect, as liquidated damages, we call them, three times their attorney's fees plus their attorney's fees. So that's four X your attorney's fees. You go litigate that for a few months or years or whatever it is. You, you run up $100,000 in legal fees. You can, you can collect $400,000 against that political subdivision. So it's got teeth. So they couldn't allow this thing to go into effect at the time it was passed, and that's why they had this provision in there, 
that says, oh, no, we have to wait for the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act that forbids the whole thing, that prohibits the whole thing, makes the whole thing illegal to be amended or repealed. Well, what did we see floated around by a state senator from Indianapolis representing District 30, actually the north side of Indianapolis, is a state senator named Fadi Kadura. If you want to look that up, it's Q-A-D-D, two Ds, Q-A-D-D-O-U-R-A. And he was touting this bill, and apparently he contacted Fox 59 to promote this thing, or I don't know, someone did. And Fox 59 called me and said, all right, we're going to go talk to Senator Fedora about this statute, and we'd like to come talk to you about it as well. Okay, I did that. What did I have to say about this bill? What are the legal issues involved? What would it allow local governments to do, notwithstanding the current state of the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act? What arguments are being made in favor of this thing? And again, what, what's my response? That's what we'll get into when we come back. Thanks for your patience on another Late Starting Gun Guy Show. We're glad you're with us. We'll be right back after this break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in Central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Talking about this bill. Doesn't have a number yet because the session hasn't officially started. But a lot of the legislators are already working on their bills. They've already submitted uh, them to what we call legislative services uh, or LSA that, that put them in the form they need to be in to, to be filed as, as proposed legislation or bills. And I mean, I'm working on a couple of bills uh, with legislators right now to uh, improve gun rights in Indiana. And uh, those will be filed here when the time comes around to actually file bills before the session really starts in earnest um, after some organization and some other things uh, get done. The, 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 the session really starts in January. But this bill proposed by Senator Fadi Kudura would say local governments, contrary to the, to the current Firearms Preemption Act, actually can legislate uh, or pass ordinances, pass regulations that affect your gun rights, that limit possession, sale, any number of other facets of gun possession, ownership, commerce, etc., that are all currently especially forbidden by the Preemption Act. And, and let's go back. So how long have we had this? What's the Preemption Act all about? Well, it's been on the books since 2011. And it was really championed by Senator Jim Toms, a senator who got involved uh, in, the, in the General Assembly not too long before then. In fact, that may have been his first term as a state senator. And he's down from uh, southwestern Indiana, the Poseyville area. And I've worked with Jim on a number of different bills as well. And Jim noticed that, that whether it's Indiana or any other state, when local governments are allowed to regulate gun rights, regulate firearms, what we see over and over is this patchwork of inconsistent regulation from town to town, city to city, county to county, that that create a real quandary, create a lot of confusion for the Indiana gun owner. For instance, Illinois, I mean, they've passed sort of a weak version of preemption in Illinois, but for, but for forever, Illinois had this system where, where you go into a particular town or village, as some of them are called, and suddenly the gun you're carrying is illegal. Or the, the, the knife you're carrying, the blade's half an inch too long. 
because uh, they could they 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 had regulations on on knives as well, but, but particular to firearms. You know where you can and can't carry. I mean, in some towns it's illegal to carry in a city park, and in other towns it's totally legal. Well, how do you keep track of all of that? And I remember, I remember listening to Senator Toms when he was proposing the preemption act originally in the 2011 session. And he said that that he and his his family wanted to take a driving tour of the whole state of Indiana and just spend a a number of of days and weeks in the summertime just going from town to town, city to city. But he's a big gun guy. He carries a gun everywhere he can legally carry a gun. And so he, he decided he wanted to sit down and figure out what the rules were across all of Indiana. Things like, can you have a gun in a library? Can you have a gun in the city park, like I mentioned? And you have a gun in, in, in government buildings that don't have courtrooms in them. And, and what he figured out very rapidly is you'd have to spend more time than you would ever spend on your trip itself researching to figure out what all the different laws were across the state of Indiana. And that's totally the way it is in some other states, Illinois included. I said, this doesn't make any sense. We've got plenty of laws at the state and federal level that regulate our gun rights. And if, and if there's a need for a, a gun uh, a law, a gun restriction, a restriction on Second Amendment rights, assuming it passes constitutional muster, which is a whole other question we'll get into, then if that's important enough, then that could be passed to the state or federal level. If it passes the state level, it's good for the whole state, not just a particular county or town. And so there was a big debate, and, and it wasn't easily passed. And, and, and the Indiana Association of Cities and Towns, what we call IARC, they came in and they were fighting against it. And when it looked clear that it was going to pass in some form, they were arguing for more exceptions. But at the end of the day, it passed. And, and it prevented exactly what Senator Kadura here from Indianapolis is proposing now happens, which is that local municipalities can, in fact, pass their own gun control completely inconsistent with the whole reason we have the act. But what specifically would his bill allow, because it's not quite identical to what the Marion County Ordinance says that would go into effect in Marion County if the Preemption Act is amended, what exactly would it allow and, and, and what would that mean in terms of next steps from there, including litigation, that unquestionably I would be involved in. I would be leading the charge on, no question about. So we'll get into all those issues, and we'll start to take your calls here in the second hour, 317-239-9393. We're coming up on the end of hour number one, but we'll be back in just a bit. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for hour number two of The Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. So we're talking about this proposed statute that would amend the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act so as to allow local governments to regulate firearms. And it was doing so in a particular way. And and right before the break at the top of the hour, I went through why we have the Preemption Act to begin with. That's because we have plenty of laws that regulate gun ownership, gun sales, gun possession, any number of other aspects of guns and ammunition We have plenty of those laws at the state and federal level. And what we don't want, and the Indiana General Assembly clearly agreed all the way back in 2011 that we don't want, is this bizarre system of every county and town and city and township and every other local unit of government being able to institute its own rules on carrying guns, especially when this is an activity that's protected by the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. And, by the way, people tend to forget Article 1, Section 32 of the Indiana Constitution. says very clearly, I always, I love Article 1, Section 32. Love talking about it. And I always say the same thing. It's elegant in its simplicity. Because all it says is the people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state. That's it. The people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state. So if I've got the right to bear arms, and that's guaranteed me by the Indiana Constitution, we know what the Second Amendment says, about the right to keep and bear arms, then how is it that every 
little local unit of government can start passing its own laws that restrict those very rights. But that's exactly what Senator Fadi Kadura of Indianapolis, District 30, which is the north side of Indianapolis, wants to allow local governments to do, including the city of Indianapolis, so they can actually put into effect the ordinance that I was talking about before the break that they've already passed. So let's let's look at all of this and let's see how this would go. And I mentioned the fact that I would be first in line among lawyers to file a lawsuit to challenge this. Well, why 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 would I do that and on what basis? Well, first of all, let's look at what's in the Indianapolis proposal. It says they're going to forbid all concealed carry of firearms in Marion County. Well, that's interesting because apparently nobody at the mayor's office, including all the lawyers he has on his staff, and nobody at the city council, including all the lawyers they have on their staff, no one's actually read what the Supreme Court said on that exact issue. Because it was just last summer that the Supreme Court of the United States, and you've heard me talk about this case right here on The Gun Guy Show, in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, found that the law in New York, which limited the concealed carry of handguns to only certain people that local officials determined had a sufficient need to carry a handgun, based on some level of threat that was actively existing as to that person at the time, that that, that system that said, well, some law-abiding citizens can carry a handgun in public and some cannot, and that's determined based on their level of need, that that selective process, whereby some people can carry a handgun and some can't, that that was unconstitutional. And, And the quote out of that case was, this takes a constitutional right and and turns it into a government-granted privilege. And that was unconstitutional under the Second Amendment. So, So on the heels of that decision, which is barely over a year old, the geniuses in the Marion County City County Council have decided, oh, no, we'll just ban everybody from concealed carrying. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, what I've said more than once, were all the lawyers on the mayor's staff, were they absent the day they taught law in law school? That's the only way I can explain that. Well, but what else? They're also going to ban so-called assault weapons. Well, what has the Supreme Court also said? 2008, the Heller decision. D.C. versus Heller, what did they say? They say that, yes, the Second Amendment confers an individual right to bear arms, and those arms protected, are those firearms commonly used for lawful purposes by U.S. citizens? That's the test. Commonly used for lawful purposes by U.S. citizens. What's the most commonly owned rifle in America today? I mean, this is not a hard fact to find. Anybody with a computer knows how to spell Google can figure this out. The most commonly owned rifle in America is the AR-15. That would fall squarely within the Indianapolis City County Council's definition of a quote-unquote assault weapon. Yet they're going to ban them in Marion County? How do you figure? When, when, When those arms commonly used for lawful purposes are protected by the Second Amendment. People said, oh, well, there was an assault weapon ban guy from 2004 to 04, and, and, and that wasn't overturned. Guess when the Heller decision came out that defined what arms are protected? 2008. So a so-called assault weapon ban at the federal level has not been challenged under law as it exists today, particularly since the Heller decision in 2008. It's a different world out there today, folks. And that's why every time President Biden gets in front of a microphone and starts talking about an assault weapon ban, you know, part of me says, oh, man, surely they're not going to be stupid enough to pass this. There's another big part of me that says, bring it on. I'll file that lawsuit, too. Because you're not going to win it. 
the government is not going to win that lawsuit. But none of the people in Marion County or apparently anyone on Senator Kadura's staff who wants to amend the firearms preemption law so as to allow this to go into effect has read any of those decisions or paying enough attention to what the law actually is or they don't care. And see, that's another reason why we have the preemption act. Because you know what? I think there's a very good chance. I never want to ascribe too much intelligence to politicians. Because every time I do that, I'm disappointed. Except for those I know personally, and I know are very, very smart. Generally speaking, I think there's a very good chance that people down at in Governor or Governor Mayor Hogsett's office, or even on Senator Kadura's staff, I don't know, who know these things are unconstitutional. But the local level, you know what they want to do? They want to stand up and they want to say, look what I'm doing to help address gun violence. They love that term, gun violence. They never talk about fist violence or knife violence, but okay. Look what I'm doing to address gun violence. I'm being tough on gun violence, so I'm passing this thing. And they want to pander to the, to the, the voting base and gain votes. And they don't care that the proposal that they're pushing or even that they enact actually violates the Constitution or because it's unconstitutional, because it violates the Bill of Rights, because it violates the Second Amendment in particular. They don't care because just as soon as people run down to the ballot box and cast a vote in their favor because they like the fact that they're being tough on gun violence, quote unquote, whatever happens after that is inconsequential. And as long as Mayor Hoxett can stand up and say, look what I'm doing to combat gun violence. And, 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 and look, I was there at the committee hearing. And it was in the, I believe it was called the Public Safety Committee of the Marion County City County Council. And when Hoxett came in, man, he made a, a big flamboyant entrance and he gave his speech and he said, I'm not backing down on the, he was wagging his finger. And you should have seen the people there to support this thing. The people stood up and applauded. It was like he was a rock star. That's what he's after. He doesn't care that it's unconstitutional. He doesn't care if it gets overturned in the courts later on. He doesn't care if it's inconsistent with the preemption act. He doesn't care, I don't believe, if this proposal by Senator Fedora falls flat on its face, which it will. I said on Fox 59 last night, it's DOA. It's dead on arrival. They don't care. You know why they'll say they don't care? Well, look at that evil General Assembly in Indiana. They, they didn't pass what was just common sense gun control. They didn't allow us to go forward and do what we needed to do. Completely ignoring the real issue, which is it's bad policy to have this inconsistent patchwork of regulation from city to city, county to county. And because the laws exist, any law that is proposed or passed has to be consistent with the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Indiana. But they don't care if they can gain political victory by saying, well, look what we're trying to do, and the evil General Assembly just won't allow us to do it. Well, there you go. They've accomplished their mission. But let's talk more about why this idiotic proposal to push unconstitutional gun control measures in Marion County. And it's not limited to Marion County. If any other, would Bloomington follow suit? Oh, oh, hell yes. Fort Wayne and Gary and Hammond. Absolutely that you know, and I know they would. So this isn't a Marion County issue because Senator Kadura's bill would allow this to happen in any other county, city, town, whatever local government unit we're talking about. But let's talk more about why this is a completely idiotic proposal 
that deserves to be DOA in the General Assembly. When we come back, we'll start taking your calls as well. I invited that before the break, but we'll start going to the phone line, 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. By the way, if you care to watch us on uh, YouTube, that's available. I always say I'm not a lot to look at, but if you want to go to YouTube, you can find us. Just search for 93WIBC. And you can actually see the YouTube video feed as well. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I'll tell you, what, we've had a couple of people call in. In fact, Brad's been holding for quite some time. Let's go to the phone lines. Brad, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hello, sir. Uh, I just had a quick question. I, uh, I, I've got major depressive disorder, so obviously I can't purchase a firearm, but I've invested in some air guns, and my granddaughter's really getting into it. I guess my question is, can, can I legally own air rifles? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um and actually, I mean, you have a, a disability rating from the VA? Yes. Okay. And and the, this got much worse under Obama, and Biden has continued this to some degree. But um, for a while, if, if folks got a disability rating um, from the VA, then they were reported in as having been adjudicated, and I hate this language, but it's out of the federal statute, as mentally defective, quote-unquote, which is horribly offensive language, but that's the language of the statute. So a lot of vets started losing their gun rights. It's an open question, Brad, and 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 we don't want to take the time to talk about it on air. Um, but but there's a possibility that you're not actually precluded uh, from owning a firearm itself. But that depends on 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 exactly the process by which you got that disability rating, and 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 it's a little more complex than that. It, to some degree, it depends on what got reported in to what's called NICS, the National Institute of Criminal Background Check System. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, there's not a prohibition on owning an air gun, um, and uh, and that wouldn't be illegal for you to do at all. Let's go back to the phone lines, and Dave is called in. Dave, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hey, thanks for taking my question, Guy. Sure. Um, so I know years ago we had a law passed that kept prohibited us from hunting with a firearm within a, a thousand yards of school property. My question is... A church that does Sunday school, is this defined as school uh, property? Uh, I've got a patchwood that's about 900 feet from from a church property that does have Sunday school on Sundays. want to make sure that we're, uh, we're legal there to be able to hunt with a firearm in that patchwood. Yeah, the, um, there's a couple things, Dave, to talk about. And I, and I go through this all, all in detail in my uh, gun law class that I'm always pitching here on the show. But... Um, you got the federal statute that talks about um, no guns in a school zone, and um, school zone is what you're talking about. Well, that's school property, which is public or parochial, K through 12, and uh, and and anywhere within a thousand feet of that school property. That's the federal statute. And there's a big exception for that, though. One of which is if you're licensed by the state in which the school is located to carry your gun. So if it's a handgun and you have a handgun license, that doesn't apply to you. Secondly, it also doesn't apply if you're on private property not associated with a school. So if you're on private property and you're within that 1,000 feet, then, um, then, then that doesn't apply to you either. That's for the federal statute. The... As far in churches with a daycare would not fall within the federal statute anyway. So what... What churches with daycares may fall within is the state statute that says you can't have a gun on school property, and that includes any property co-owned with a school or on the same property with a school. And so for years, the law was if if a church had a school even on the same grounds or in the same building with um, if they had a a school on the same grounds or in the same building with the church. And that includes a, a state licensed daycare, then that church was school property. But the thousand foot part doesn't apply to the state statute. It's only the property itself. So being within a thousand feet of a church 
with with a school or a daycare on the same property um, doesn't cause you any problems under the state statute. And 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 I've learned this over the years. A lot of the the of the preschools or daycares that are located in churches are not licensed by the state. There's a different procedure whereby churches can get authorized to run preschools or daycares that are not licensed daycares. And if they're not state licensed daycares, then they're not schools. Anyway, um, by the way, just so people know, listening to this, even if there's a school on the same grounds and, and as your church, you can attend. And this is a change we made in 2019, and I fought like hell for this. Um, it was a bill originally introduced by Representative Ben Smaltz, and before that, um, it was introduced by Senator Jack Sandlin, who, who I considered a, a good friend who we just lost here recently in the last few weeks. Um, but Senator Jack Sandlin introduced this some number of years ago. Uh, Representative Ben Smalls carried it forward. And that is, even if there's a school on the same property or in the same building with your church or a, a state-licensed daycare, and most of them are not licensed by the state, by the way, but that is in churches. Um, but even if there's there's a, a school or a daycare on the same property, that if you're attending a worship service or a religious ceremony in that house of worship, even though it's legally uh, school property because there's a church on the same, uh, or excuse me, because there's a school on the same property or in the same building, then you can attend that worship service or religious ceremony, uh, and that's totally legal, and that's a change we made in 2019. So if you're curious about how it works with churches, as far as the Indiana statute, now again, as far as the federal statute that talks about 1,000 feet and all of that, big exception if you're licensed by the state in which the school is located. That's another reason I mentioned at the top of the show. A lot of people are continuing to get their handgun licenses, even though we went to constitutional carry. Well, the Federal Gun-Free School Zones Act is a big reason why we did that. A big reason why people do that is what I should be saying, because the people want to have their licenses because you fall within that exception under the Federal Gun-Free School Zones Act. Whether you're on the property or within 1,000 feet, if you're licensed with, by, the, by, the, by the state in which the school is located to carry a, a firearm, you don't violate the federal act. Um, so you can also attend a worship service or a religious ceremony in that house of worship, even though it's school property because there's a school on the same uh, grounds or in the same building. Under state statute that we amended in 2019, you can also do that legally as well. So I hope that's clear. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I've talked about that a lot here over the years. Right now we're at the bottom of the hour. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. We'll be back to talk about Senator Kadura's proposed bill that would really gut the Indiana Firearms Preemption Act, and why it's a silly notion, and why I'll be very, very vocal in opposing it uh, once it gets filed in the General Assembly. Uh, we'll continue to take your calls. If you don't mind, I'd like to continue talking about the Preemption Act, and specifically this local regulation proposed in Indianapolis and how we would see that spread to many, many other communities across Indiana if this bill proposed by an Indianapolis uh, state senator were to be passed, which I do not foresee happening. But uh, we'd like to, to limit the, the calls to, to that discussion. Um, again, give us a call, 317-239-9393. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in Central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. So when this bill gets introduced in the General Assembly, you know, what, what are the arguments for and against it? I've talked a little bit about why it's a ridiculous idea. I'm going to talk more about that in here in just a minute. But what are the arguments for it? And Senator Kadura on Fox 59 last night, same uh, story that, that I was interviewed for, and I've posted the Fox 59, at least the version they, they put on their internet, which was really condensed versus what they originally aired. I saw it air at 6 o'clock, and it was quite a bit longer. They had me on for three, three 
different little segments. And what they posted on the website was was much more abbreviated, and I'm just on there really just a few seconds. But so be it. That's that's par for the course with local news. But when he was on Fox 59, that is Senator Kadur who's proposing this thing, he was saying, well, listen, you know, the, the General Assembly won't pass gun control that we keep proposing, you know, things like an assault weapon ban. And so... Uh, we need to we need them to stop complaining about gun violence and let local governments go forward and, and 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 take control of this issue and try to help because we have this huge problem with gun violence and there we we have to do something that's what you always hear we have to do something we need to institute these common sense measures there's very little discussion of whether they're constitutional first and foremost like an assault weapon ban hey let's even talk about raising the age to buy any 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 gun and, and until you're 21. There's already been a challenge to the federal statute that says you can't buy a handgun until you're 21. And and why? Because if you're 18, 19, or 20, you you, you can go into the military. You're fully eligible for military service. You can go into the military and you can drive a tank or run an artillery unit. Or fly a drone with Hellfire missiles. And I don't know if you're in if you're in the military and you're listening to this, going, "No, guy, you can't fly a drone." And you know, there's some other limitation on that. Okay, you can certainly carry an M4 Select Fire rifle, standard issue rifle in the military when you're 18 years old. So if you can carry a machine gun in the military, and you can put your life on the line to defend this country. And then come home and you can't go in a gun store and buy a gun? How is that protecting your right to keep and bear arms? How is that consistent with your constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms? And at least one court across the country has said the handgun ban as to 18 to 21 or 18 to 20 year olds not being able to buy a handgun in a gun store under federal law that that's unconstitutional. One argument against saying, well, no, that's just handguns. One argument against saying it's unconstitutional is saying, well, they can still buy shotguns and rifles, so their their right to bear arms isn't really being infringed. It's just right to 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 have a handgun. Well, in the Heller decision I've already mentioned on this show, Supreme Court said handguns and the possession of handguns, the carrying of handguns, is specifically protected by the Second Amendment. So that doesn't really fly. But now in 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 Indiana, According to Senator Kadura, we want to eliminate the constitutional rights of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to keep and bear arms because they can't buy a gun. Does that make sense to you? Does that sound constitutional to you? And the argument back is, well, we have all these, these problems with young people. People say, oh, your brain's not fully developed until you're 25 and so, and so the young people are, are committing some of these mass shootings, and so we need to restrict their rights. You know what? We need to do much better at crisis intervention. We need to start identifying these at-risk people. We have people that are seriously mentally ill. We have, we have people, including these mass shooters, where they're on the radar of law enforcement. They've been reported multiple times. Law enforcement's been to their house a million. The Parkland, Florida shooter, police have been to his, his foster parents' home Dozens of times he'd posted on social media that he wanted to be a school shooter. And people say, oh, look, an 18-year-old committed a mass shooting, so we need to restrict the rights of all 18-year-olds? No, 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 that's not the way the Constitution works. You do a better job of identifying these at-risk people and getting them the help they need, separating them from their firearm especially where they've committed crimes. But you don't restrict the right of every other 18, 19, and 20-year-old. No, that's not the way the Constitution works. So you have huge constitutional issues. But then the argument back again is, well, but but, but guy here locally, we have, we have teens that are, that are carrying guns and, and committing crimes, and we have gang members that are doing all of this. And, 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 and committing violent acts here, and so we need to restrict young people's right to carry guns. Or that's even why we need an assault weapon ban, or we need to do away with concealed carry completely in the city of Indianapolis. 
That's the rationale for Mayor Hogg's ordinance. It's passed. I keep calling it to call it a proposed ordinance. It's on the books. It's just not effective unless and until we amend the preemption act. Well, here's where that completely falls apart. And the Fox 59 reporter that came and did the interview in my office yesterday had a, a Hannah Adamson. And I, I, I think I like her. She's very businesslike. She's very professional. But I kept asking her, I said, go back to Senator Kadura or anybody else proposing what's being proposed here and get an answer to this question. And, and don't, don't take a, well, we just need to do something as an answer. Get a specific answer to this question. And the question is, what logical thinking person believes that a criminal who's intent on committing a violent criminal act like murder or rape or armed robbery where depending on the particular crime can get decades in prison or life in prison or for certain murders, the death penalty. What makes you think that that hardened criminal, that violent criminal who you're trying to deter, you say, well, we need to do something because we have all this violent crime in Marion County. So we need these common sense measures that will reduce gun violence. That's the argument. Okay, what rational thinking person believes that that violent criminal who's not afraid of decades in prison, not afraid of dying in a shootout with police, that the psychopath whose plan is to kill as many people in a mass shooting as possible and then die in a shootout with police or eat his own bullet as we continue to see with these mass shooters, or the dangerously psychotic person who doesn't fear dying, he's not rational enough to do so. He's crazy. He's a psychotic. How many of these people that you're trying to reach, these these violent criminals that are committing all these crimes in Marion County, who believes that if they're not afraid of decades in prison or dying in a shootout with police or the death penalty, that that same person is going to be dissuaded from committing their violent crime Because the city of Indianapolis is going to find them. Yeah, that's right. That's all the city of Indianapolis can do. They can't put people in jail. All they can do is pass an ordinance. And the only penalty for for an ordinance violation is to get fined. In Marion County, the maximum fine for a first-time offense is $2,500. So I'm I'm a drug dealer. Let's talk about something very common. Mass shootings as horrible as they are, are still relatively rare. They're far too common, don't get me wrong. But as far as your likelihood to be caught up in a mass shooting, that's very, very remote. There are people in Greenwood right now saying, oh, yeah, well, I was at the the mall on July 17th of 2022, and it didn't feel remote then. That's right. And oh, by the way, a law-abiding citizen who was my client, Eli Dickin, stepped in and, and, and saved countless lives. But, I, I, but again, that, that's a relatively rare occurrence. Let's talk about the everyday street crimes. Every time you, you listen to WIBC News, you know, three people shot last night, four people shot last night. You know, we're at well over 200 murders in Indianapolis. All right, let's talk about that street crime. There's a violent, let's pick somebody, a, a drug dealer. This guy's been in and out of prison several times, got multiple felonies. He already can't possess a firearm. Because he's got felony convictions. And and he's on his way to murder his rival drug dealer. We know this happens all the time. Look at where the drug activity happens in, in Marion County, and then look at where the murders happen. It's the same hotspots. So this 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 dry this this violent felon drug dealer has decided he's gonna take out, he's gonna murder his rival drug dealer. He's starting to walk in on his territory. And he's not afraid of getting killed by this dude who he's going to attack. He's not afraid of going to prison for decades. 
But on the way out the door, he's going to say, hold on. I can't carry my concealed firearm or I can't take my gun because I don't have a license or I can't take my AK-47 that I already own illegally because I'm a felon and I can't possess a firearm. No, no, I can't do any of those things. Because Joe Hogsett and Fadi Kadura have worked together to make it so the Indi- state, the city of Indianapolis, the city of Indianapolis can find me if I take my gun to commit this crime. So let's boil that down. Who believes that someone who's not afraid of decades in prison would be afraid of a fine? That's a short version. And when I went to the reporter last night, I said, get an answer to that. They said, well, they say they have to do something. That's not an answer to my question. The something they're proposing makes no damn sense. And here's why it makes no damn sense. It makes no sense because violent criminals aren't going to care about a fine. Who does care about a fine? You do. I do. Law-abiding citizens. I care about 2500 bucks. I could buy a really nice AR for 2500 bucks. That's more than my mortgage payment. I care about 2500 bucks. You care about 2500 bucks. Law-abiding citizens are going to be affected by that fine. So we're not going to carry our concealed firearm or whatever it is that Joe Hogsett says we can't do through this ordinance. So law-abiding citizens are going to be affected, and the criminals don't give a damn. That's why this is preposterous. I've well past the three-quarter hours. Time to take a break. We'll be back to wrap up this version of the Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for the Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back for what is going to be a very short segment here to wrap up this edition of the Gun Guy Show. By the way, we've got a couple people on uh, hold on the phone lines. I apologize. It doesn't look like we're going to have time. We've got a grand total of about a minute for this segment, so I apologize. Give us a call next week, uh, and uh, and we'll be glad to get to you, but I'm not going to be able to go to the phone lines right now. So where, where does this leave us? First of all, you know, a couple of people, when I posted about this uh, statute, proposed statute, this bill that Senator Fadi Kadura uh, is going to is going to introduce. A lot of people came on and said this doesn't have any chance in hell of of passing, does it? And the, and the answer to that, I think, is no. Um, specifically, I, I don't think it's going to get a hearing. If it gets filed in the Senate, it's very likely, and it will get filed in the Senate because Senator Kadura is a senator, so he's going to file it in the Senate. It, it, it by by. Um, any estimation it's going to get filed in the Courts and Criminal Code Committee. And we've got one of the strongest uh, advocates for gun rights chairing that committee. Right now, we're wrapping up this version of the Gun Guy show. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope to come back next week.